Drunk Dish contains adult language that may not be appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Drunk Dish, where three delicious dishes explore food history and get pickled in the process. This is episode number two, Easter and Catholicism, because we're apparently obsessed with religion here. (laughs) I'm Melissa. I'm Amy. And I'm Kate. And in each and every episode, uh, we like to ask ourselves one food-related question. And this episode, we get our question from Kate. So Kate, what do you have for us? Okay, so I was, uh, as I was preparing snacks for today, um, it occurred to me to think, there are things that I am terrified to cook, like just afraid of cooking, just Mm. things that I would really love to try and um, that just are intimidating. So um, my question for the day is, is there anything that you find intimidating, the idea of cooking um intimidates you Mm. so it could be something that's like really high end and so you'd be afraid of ruining expensive ingredients which is partially i think fine um but also it could be just something that's just i don't know that's a good question all right that is a good question so while use while use i'll let your brain (laughs) brain juices um think on that mine is uh beef wellington do you guys know what that is yeah i do my cousin make it make it my cousin make it <laughs> i've been drinking already my cousin makes it and it's delicious is it greg doesn't see the point because you're taking a piece of meat and then you're covering it in pastry and then you just peel the pastry off and you eat the meat he doesn't understand nuance well okay okay so um, i feel like this is that's like an answer for like a marriage counseling yeah. kind of show mm. our relationship is perfect dun, dun, dun. um so for those out there that don't know what beef wellington is um from what i understand it is a very high-end cut of beef um usually uh filet mignon but before it's been um well, after it's been filleted. So, and it's wrapped in a concoction of cooked down um, minced mushrooms and onions and delicious flavor town There's stuff. There's like must flavor town. <laughs> There's like mustard in there too, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I believe what it is is um, the mustard goes on first and then that's what holds the um, the all of the mushrooms on and then some of the things that i looked at said that there was also another like a layer of bacon or something that went on top Mm. of the mushrooms to form a little barrier between the then it is wrapped in puff pastry um to keep the pastry from getting too soggy because that was one of the major complaints about a lot of the um amateur recipes that sure. I saw. Yeah. Um, was yeah. it the, the puff pastry didn't come out, you know, as... Well, as... and, like, the pastry can just, like, fall off, too. Well, right. And it seemed like some of them, some of the recipes were using, um, like, really just a couple of thin sheets of puff pastry, and others, it was a little bit more of a heavier dough that was kind of around the outside. So, um, yeah, that's my uh, 
terrified to try so, to make it. So, like you said, it's because you're worried about basically ruining a fillet. Well, yeah, I mean, it's you know because it's an expensive right and the cut other, of meat right. And if you're going to do something like that, I would guess your when your cousins make it, it's probably for. Uh, an event so there's like yeah i think six we had it 12 people i think we had it for christmas or something i mean probably like 10 years ago at this point yeah yeah so it's it's not just like you're making it for you and one person oh yeah no, no, if no, you're no. gonna go right. through all of that um hustle and bustle to make it you're probably serving it up so yeah i i would be a little bit afraid of and also for the you know because it would be you, your husband, and my husband that I would probably make, be making it for. And he'd, you know, both. He gets mad when people put sauce on steak. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Because steak is perfect just the way it is. And anything you do to it ruins it. And basically. my husband mm-hmm. would rather it would be gray all the way through. So, yeah. I know. I know. <sighs> Are in that camp. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's good. So no Beef judging. Wellington. Yes. Very specific. Very specific. Do you want to go or do you do you have something? Sure. I like so as we learned last week, I'm a fairly picky eater. Mm. Um getting better every day. Yeah, getting better. Tried every hummus day. today. Hummus. I tried hummus. Did you like it by the way? I did, yeah. Oh, nice. Her, her face was kind of yes. like Oh, you went back for more? Yeah. Ooh, nice. Okay. Nice. So yeah, yeah, I I dug hummus. Definitely gonna eat that again. Um, but I'm a pretty adventurous cook, but I'm also like an improv improvisational cook is that a word That's nailed a word. it yeah okay uh so like i sometimes i'll see a recipe and i'll be like i think this will be better this way and i have like no formal cooking knowledge so i don't know what the hell i'm doing um but i just like feel it and i'll try Ooh. things it just talks to you <laughs> talks and julia to child over here little, yeah. little nutmegs there like amy Give me, give me a little yeah. love. Oh, yeah, okay. exactly. Right. Like I, I used, I first used cardamom, the spice cardamom, oh. at the age of eight uh, while baking. I was like, let me try this in some cookies. Now that's so, adventurous. I learned, I used that for the first time like this past year. Oh, yeah. It's good. It really improves most. I put it in my pumpkin baked. pie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In delicious. my pumpkin pie, my new pumpkin pie recipe is the best pumpkin pie you'll ever fucking eat. I am excited. I was, I was also told it takes like, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a thing. Yeah. 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 But I, so like the, the only thing I'm not comfortable cooking is like, I get really grossed out by preparing certain cuts of meat Mm, or like a whole turkey or a whole chicken. Like, I don't want to put my hand Mm -hmm. in any bird's cavity. Mm -hmm. I don't want to put my hand in really any cavity. Except for fun. Yeah. (laughs) So that just grosses me out. Uh Um, I don't know if that necessarily counts, but it just. Yeah. No, I think that counts. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's my answer. Yeah, so mine's super close to Amy's because uh, I was vegetarian for a really long time and I was vegan for a pretty long time and kind of jumping back and forth in between those and then health issues kind of caused me to have to eat meat, um, but I do not cook it. Like, it's just... I think I've cooked a chicken breast once mm-hmm. and I was so... It looked beautiful. <laughs> I put, like, balsamic glaze on it. It looked pretty. It was, like, chicken jerky. Like... <laughs> And it's just, it's just such a hassle. It's like, oh, if you don't cook it enough, like, you could die. Like, yeah. I'm good. Like, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> so you'd rather put that in the hands of someone else. Yeah, no, Greg cooks all the meat. I can't tell you the last time that I cooked meat. Yeah. Probably that piece of chicken. chicken. jerky. Yeah. Yeah. And at that point, he was like, oh. Well, no, it was just for me. Oh, if he okay. was home, I wouldn't have cooked it. <laughs> right, right. I think he was, like, shooting the show or something. And, like, I was just home by myself. And I was like, oh, we got this chicken breast. I just, I'll just 
cook it out. Everything else I made with it was beautiful. It was very healthy dinner. I mean, to be mm-hmm. fair, chicken came out like trash. Yeah, just no. but just a chicken breast. There, it's but it's so touchy. But all meat is so easy to fuck up. Yeah, like if you undercook, Super easy. if you undercook broccoli. <sighs> It's not that big a deal. Delicious. Yeah. Just fucking eat it. Undercooked. Yeah. You overcook it. Okay, it's a little mushy. Trash. Just put it. Mm. No, just put some extra butter on it and fucking put it in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Throw some Parmesan cheese on yeah. it. Yeah. It'll be fine. Like, yeah. it, And it's not going to kill you. Yeah. Right. I mean, it could because actually, so like fun fact, Melissa's rolling <laughs> at me. Um, there's more regulations about the meat industry than there are about the, about produce. So it's easier to contract like salmonella or things like that. From sure. If you don't wash them or prepare them properly. Right. If you don't wash them, but that has nothing to do with how you cook them. Like you still yeah. might just eat raw. Bro- you can just eat, you can eat broccoli raw. Right. You, ju- you just have and to And that inherently raw. won't kill you. Right. Whereas eating raw chicken, yeah. I mean, it might not kill you, but it's probably not great. Not and then, I mean, you know, there's like botulism and we could get in all that stuff, too. But yeah, meat, I just don't. Yeah. No, I, f- I feel you. I mean, yeah. my answer is pretty similar. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, good to good to know. All right. So that's a little glimpse into into our psyche there <laughs> for, for all you out there. Um, so we're going to hand this off to Melissa. Tell us, uh, what are we drinking today? So... I'm pretty excited, a.k.a. also not super excited. Um, So kind of tangentially, again, I try and pick something that like is very similar to um, or or has some relation to whatever we're talking about. So we're talking about Easter. Uh, Amy's going to be, you know, ripping into some Catholic assholes in a second here. Um, (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) That's a different show. And it is the meaning that you think. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so my kind, my mind kind of drifted towards the like Easter. And I'm like, oh, there aren't really any drinks that I associate with Easter. Like we would drink wine and stuff, but it wasn't specifically Easter. Um, and then my, my mind drifted to the best Easter that I ever went to, which was um, my friend's house. And it was actually for Greek Easter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that shit was awesome. Mm-hmm. Most fun Start Easter I've ever been to, unfortunately. I did have to leave early because some idiot in my family decided to have a heart attack. Um, so I had to leave. Right? Like, and I'm trying to enjoy Greek Easter here with my friends Yaya, who is just like the best old lady I've ever met in my life. Um, I think I, I love think her. I want rule, her to be my Yaya. I was going to say, I think by rule, if you're a Yaya. Oh, my God. She's so great. And he's probably listening right now. So he knows who he is. But um, so I was like, so oh. survive. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Wait, the heart attack person. No, 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 no. The person whose house I went to Greek Easter at, Yaya's, his family's house, Yaya's, Yaya's grandson, Yaya's. <laughs> who was constantly trying to hook him up with random girls at the Greek festival. Oh, but Glendy, he's a, a yeah, he's a good ladies. Greek boy, and she wanted to hook him up with a good Greek girl. Sure, sure. But anyways, best Easter ever. So I was thinking, okay, well, what's like a traditionally Greek drink? Mm-hmm. And my mind immediately went to Uzo. Has anybody had Uzo before? No. Me neither. Oh. I've sniffed it. Mm. Um, so <laughs> Uzo's a dry anise flavored apertif. Does everybody know what apertif is? Probably not how you say it. No, but it sounds fancy. Essentially, it's just a, it's an alcohol that you drink after a meal. Ah, okay. So like, you know, or with food. Um or actually, an aperitif is served before a meal. I think it, so. I, I think, think I've got my wires crossed. Either way, you're supposed to have it with food. So, <laughs> um, it's most popular in Greece, Cyprus, Lebanon, and Israel. Um, and it tastes very similar to other anise flavored liqueurs like sambuca, um, 
aka disgusting. Mm-hmm. So it normally has a ABV, which is alcohol by volume, um, of between thirty-seven point five and fifty percent, oh, which ladies. is seventy-five to one hundred proof. Ladies, um, yeah, we get in crazy tonight. Now I understand the tiny glasses we have set out. Yes, <laughs> yes, and those so, are for shots. That's for sipping. Yes, that's for sipping. Yeah. They are in shooters, but we will be sipping them, not shooting them. Uh, maybe we'll be shooting and we'll see. <laughs> we might have to. Um, so, uh, uh, Uzo said to have its roots in uh, Um which I looked up how to say online, but probably forgot. And that's probably not right. But anyways, it's a uh, hummus. Uh, hummus. <sighs> I drank that glass of wine really fast. Which is a pumice brandy made by a group of 14th century monks on Mount Athos. So monks again. Uh, a version of Tisporo was made with anise, which then became to be known as Uzo. Um, so the first Uzo distillery was founded in Tirnavas. 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 Oh, my God. Yes. My friend's going to fucking kill me. Uh, in 1856 by Nikolaus Katsouros. Uzo's popularity rose in the early 20th century when absinthe was banned. So absinthe is also kind of like an anise-flavored liqueur with kind of like hallucinogenic properties. So it kind of fell out of favor and then Uzo kind of like rose up to take its place. So in 2006, Greece won the right to label Uzo as an exclusively Greek product. Um, So that means only Uzo produced in Greece and Cyprus can be called Uzo. So very much like champagne can only yeah. come from champagne, Uzo can only come from Greece or Cyprus. Um, All these rules. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's a recent one, too. 2006 is not that long ago. Um, Uzo can be a particularly strong drink. Um, the cause of this being its sugar content. So here's some fun facts about like liquor and sugar and that sort of thing. So sugar delays ethanol absorption into the stomach. Um, and because of that, it misleads the drinker into thinking that they can drink more as they don't feel tipsy early on. That explains so much. <laughs> then then the cum- cumulative effect of ethanol appears and the drinker becomes inebriated rather quickly. Yep. So this is why it is generally considered poor form to drink Uzo Dry Hammer, which is a uh, think, uh, yeah, saying that I found while researching this that I like, which uh, basically means drinking alcohol without eating anything. Ah, okay. So not cool. Um, and that's in Greece, basically, because mm-hmm. they have these like ooseries where you basically go and eat food and drink ouzo all day. Um, Sounds terrible. So <laughs> the presence of food, especially fats or oils, and the upper digestive system prolongs the absorption of ethanol and ameliorates, whoa, slows down. Um, alcohol intoxication. Um, so I'm going to kind of serve this up real quick. So this is going to be a little bit of a magic trick. So I've got these drinks here, and I also have this container of ice water. Quite an array yes. So normally it's uh, mixed with ice water. Now, so I saw um, differing opinions about this online. Mm-hmm. So a lot of places said you mix it with ice water, but not with the ice specifically okay. just with cold cold water. just with cold cold water because if you mix it with ice it causes crystallization on the top which is known as the ouzo effect oh. um now once you mix it with water it'll become a milky white or very pale blue Ooh. um and then it's also normally served with appetizers called mezzas which we just ate a bunch of a bunch a bunch i'm gonna try and not spill ice water 
all over my computer. FYI, <gasps> the Ooh. Uzo effect is the name of my new band. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. It does change it, color. Oh, it's pretty. It's magic. All right. So pass like, this light, down. Light and then I'll tell you about this brand that we're drinking. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so this cool. is, yeah, so it's got that strong, like, licorice oh, God. anise <laughs> smell, which, oh, by the way, I looked up how to pronounce it, because I never was sure if it was anise or anise. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked it up online, and it had, like, a translator where you could play it, and it had a British version, American version, and it was, like, anise, anise. <laughs> and I'm at work researching that <laughs> in the break room, and my boss comes out of the office, and just from my computer is just screaming, Anus, anus, and I just kept clicking it. Anus, 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 and my boss just looked at me like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> but anyway, I'm doing research. Yeah. So, anyways, this is Plomari Uzo. Um, so it comes from the town of Plomari on the Greek island of Lesbos. Yeah. Oh. Made by Isidoro Arvantis using aniseed, fennel, star anise, cinnamon, nutmeg, and other secret herbs. It is described as delicate yet rich. Um, and many people describe the, this particular Uzo as being smoother and more subtle than other brands, which is why well, I chose thank it. You. Okay, so, oh, trying. God. It smells like Necco wafers. Yeah. yeah. The black ones. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> wow. Mm. <gasps> oh! It tastes like Necco wafers. Now, the black ones. It took I, me a really long time to be able to swallow that. Oh wow! You again? Oh. <laughs> oh, we oh, should have video recorded this. It's really warm all the way down. <laughs> oh my god, it it's so. Look, it's you know really what? Warm. I can see though if you like black sure. licorice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. yeah. my husband Greg doesn't drink, mm. but if he did, he would probably like this because he likes black licorice. My mom fucking loves black licorice. And I remember her drinking Sambuco when I was a kid. Amy, are you going to cry? I'm okay. <laughs> Do you have water to sip? Slightly. I don't have water. Oh, my God. Go get water and okay. I'll... Ca- I have another drink for you guys. Oh, okay. There's a whole thing of water right there. Oh, that's true. You want to drink it Just out of this right or pour it into the... your wine glass? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Give you this oh. ice water? Ugh. I'm trying to do, like, the limbo. Around Come on, finger. bitches. <laughs> fucking woman up. <laughs> Woman, the fuck up and take your medicine. So, I think if this was... So, are you supposed to serve it room temperature and then with the ice water? Or... So, all I heard was serve it with ice water. I thought the ice water would be enough to, like, make it cold. Yeah. But it's not. It's room temperature, which I don't know. I don't know if that's normal. Right. If that's how people drink it. Now, so I'm going to make a mixed drink for us. It's an Uzo Martini. Although really has no relation to any martini I've ever had in my life. So I don't know why it's called an Uzo Martini. Okay. Um, but I'm putting it in martini glasses. So Obviously. Except for me, I get the Marie Antoinette's tit one. Because yeah. that's my shit. Um, there's like, seems to be conflicting reports online. Like either, like you just drink Uzo on its own with ice water or ice. Like okay. you don't mix it with stuff. You don't make cocktails. Right. But then there's also tons of stuff online that's like, here's an Uzo cocktail and also says that Uzeries in Greece serve Uzo cocktails. Hmm. Huh. So I don't really know. Maybe um, like die hard. Yeah. yeah. People who are like, this is the only way you can enjoy this. Yeah. So I'm going to take my headphones off real quick and move my mic 
um, so that I can make you guys this mixed drink and hopefully everything goes smoothly. So uh, chitter chatter while I do this. Okay. So, yeah. So the thing about this is it's definitely once you've had once you've had a sip or two it's not so bad i yeah. don't know why that is i wonder probably the high alcohol content mm. i'm gonna try a second sip now i have water well now that you know what you're expecting as well yeah it's really and there's it's actually if you i do not like black licorice at all like it's not at all my jam but if you actually think of it more of it almost is like basil like if you can switch your brain to think that it tastes like basil yeah i can definitely see that then it's like oh i'm just drinking a yeah fancy hipster basil drink that's cool like for me i have to plug my nose <laughs> <laughs> well there's that too like i yeah. suppose that would also work like i i think the problem was that i like right before sipping i took a deep breath through my nose with, Ooh, the, with yeah. the cup so you're by. full you're you had it yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. i have a very strong sense of smell melissa and i used to work together and i used to freak her out because she'd come back from break and i'd be like oh you had this kind of sandwich and she'd be like how the fuck do you know that <laughs> so stop fucking spying on me <laughs> so my nose i have a very strong sense of smell so i think that was what did me in i've had a couple sips now and again it's getting better with each sip it is it's funny how that works <laughs> yes that still must... burns on the way down but I'm it is very less warm less. it is yes exactly it is it is warm though it's certainly a certainly i could but i could i'm picturing myself all of the blue water, the waves oh crashing, the like the beautiful stuccoy white buildings. Yeah, and, yeah, I'm there. Yeah, I like can totally. We're in the set of Mamma Mia right now. <laughs> yes, I I would say I would drink this all day every day. If uh, ooh that face, ooh that face. I don't know what you're talking about. Everything's fine. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fucking mess. Okay. So do we? So shall we finish this before we move on to that? Yes, I gotta put this stuff in the kitchen. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. Ladies, we listener. need a bar cart. Apparently, we yep. need a bar cart. I want yep. a bar cart. We don't have room for one. Well, I can make you one. All right. Who wants the ridiculously tall bevel, Belvedere oh, vodka martini glass? Probably. You know what? I'm gonna give it to Kate. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> I will not kick the trunk. So I'll tell you what these are in a second, but they're served in martini glasses. Did wow. you did, did you finish your? No. Yeah. All right. We might. Cut, Sorry, I just took another sip. We might cut some of this silence out. Yeah, that's, that's fine. That's fine. I, yeah. And we the weird noises we of me just drinking. <laughs> oh my god! I can't figure out my headphones. <laughs> Well, those don't want to play nice with you at all. Oh, boy. Uh, so I can narrate the scene for those. <laughs> Guys. No, for real. Melissa, I'm really confused. Melissa's struggling to put her headphones on. She's struggling to figure out how the headphones would fit Here, on one's head. Yeah, try and figure that out, Amy, so that I can get back Melissa's to. Melissa's handed them to me. So I can get back to hosting this fucking show. Okay. There, there you go. <laughs> Fucking bitch. What are you trying to do? You're trying to ruin my reputation? I fixed the headphones in under five seconds. Everything is covered. It is legitimately exactly how you handed them to her. Nope. Nope. Yep. There you go. 
<laughs> she managed to twist them. Okay. I'm back. <laughs> okay. We missed you. Oh God. <laughs> this was poorly planned. Next time we'll do be- we'll do better, guys. Please don't. If you're listening, you're probably our friends or family. But if you're not, please continue to listen. Oh my God, I've made such a mess. Everything okay, so this Uzo Martini mm. that does not really resemble a martini at all is orange juice, mm. pineapple juice, mm-hmm. Uzo, vodka, and lime juice. Good. So it's like a 007 with Uzo? With Uzo? Is that what a 007 is? I think that's really close to a 007. I think it's like one ingredient off or two ingredients off. Did we talk about this last episode? Mm-hmm. We talked about it off. Air. Oh, I keep burping bruschetta. Maybe in the like after this, the special 10 or 20 minute after <laughs> show. Oh, show. right. That, you know, maybe if someday we have patrons, it'll see the light of day. But until then, mm-hmm. it won't. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the 007? It's a it's a, like a beverage you have usually at like a brunch. So like it has orange juice and I think like either tonic water or Sprite or something with vodka I can't remember the yeah because i mean orange juice and vodka is just a screwdriver yeah but it has it has like a couple other things yeah but anyways yeah so that's this so let i guess we shall try try this now i'd say let's clink glasses but these are all precariously yeah no that's a horrible idea so i'm not going to like all right i just drank that right into the mic um (laughs) it's just so much This is so much better. There are paper towels out here because I knew that we would need them. Mm-hmm. Martini glasses are tricky, man. Especially if you don't have the steadiest hands. Mm-hmm. Amy, get your shit together. You're the next segment. <laughs> oh, no. I broke her. You have to laugh out loud. This is an audio every, every, medium. Every episode. She's going to spit her drink out. Amy, and she'll be trapped. Maybe next time. I mean, of course, this is better because oh. it's got so many things. It's yeah, it's so um, you don't covering taste up well. the taste of the anise. Um, I mean, yeah. you can still taste it. I don't know if I can or if I can just taste this. <laughs> no, yeah. you definitely can. Okay, you definitely it's, can. It's more subtle. This is this is our second episode. The second time I've almost uh, spit whatever we're drinking out out my nose. Yep. And the second time I've spilled booze all over my my pants. So when I drive home tomorrow morning, it'll be. Fun if I get pulled over. You need to learn to bring extra pants. <laughs> Who needs extra pants? Apparently you do because maybe, you spill stuff on them every time. Wear no pants for the for the recording and then wear your pants. <laughs> Look, afterwards. I'm here for that. I'm fine with that. I already took my Oh my god, I'm peeking so bad. I'm so sorry, everybody. That's the Uzo. <laughs> That's the Uzo monster speaking. <laughs> yes, this martini thing is way better. This is delicious. Greg's yeah. gonna get home and everything's gonna be sticky. And it's, he's gonna be like, What the fuck sticky? happened? <laughs> and he's not gonna get the answer he's looking for. <laughs> he's gonna be looking for some sort of disgusting mm. male fantasy mm. like us ladies. We're all like just like under the power of Uzo in the Greek islands, you know. <laughs> yep. Got, you know, started putting things into orifices Mm -hmm. or cavities. Yep. As Amy said earlier. Cavities. Uh, Uh, But, yeah. We need to fix this format, man. (laughs) (laughs) Because also now, like, so I get to drink. So Kate and I get to drink for the rest of the episode, basically. 
Mm-hmm. Poor Amy's going to have to put her drink down and tell us a fucking story about like Catholics boning small children or something. Nope. Um, <laughs> oh, that's right. That's something everybody no, already knows. Um, that's why I'm chugging. And she doesn't get to drink as much. Well, you can take little breaks. Mm. Oh, my God. I'm like, oh, this is going to be really hard for me to normalize. I did it to myself, ladies okay. and gentlemen. I'm I'm a big fan of this beverage. I'm just putting I'm a big there. fan of you speaking louder. I am a big fan of this beverage. Ooh. How is that? <laughs> That's perfect. All right. You're perfect. All right. So, Amy, I'm what so do you ready. have for us? So, now, uh, we talked about hot cross buns last yes. episode. Yes, which was also very Catholic heavy. Yeah. Um, it's that time of year. So. Yeah, it's the Catholic time of year. <laughs> you know, they. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I just caught Kate pouring the rest of her just straight ouzo and ice water into her ouzo martini, which is fine. I'm okay with it. It just looked like she was getting away with something, and I just want everyone to know that she wasn't. I wasn't. I got caught. So sorry. Yes, we're talking about. Yes, we yeah. talked about hot cross buns, and yeah. I still haven't eaten any. I know. Amy. I know. I know. Okay. Um. You're going to have to wait a little bit longer. But I wanted to talk about Easter eggs this episode. Sorry. I, my boob just hit the microphone. Um, <laughs> they're large people. <laughs> they're large people? Well, no. I'm saying to the people that are listening, they're large. Ah, okay. Um, so <laughs> I wanted to talk about Easter eggs this time because we're getting closer and closer to Easter. So... Um, first I want to talk a little bit about Catholicism. We talked a little bit about that last episode too, but, uh, we kind of learned that last time that Catholic traditions, Catholic, (laughs) Catholic traditions, I like it. Catholic traditions are really just like really co-opted pagan ones, right? Sure. Yeah. Like probably most religion. Right. Yeah. Cause they, you know, early Christianity, they were fighting kind of an uphill battle and they wanted to get more followers. Last time they had to deal with that. Yeah, <laughs> they wanted to get more followers quickly. So they're like, you know what? We're just going to when we move into areas, we're going to find out what those pagan traditions are. Yeah. And then we're just going to, you know, massage the dates Borrow and change. The also, a lot of these pagan traditions are fucking fun. So, right. you know, right. we'll bring people in. Mm-hmm. And these pagan traditions, too, they've been like ingrained in these families for generations and generations and generations. So if you want to actually convert people to a new religion, you have to kind of be like, hey, we're not that different. Look at us. You have a, a fun festival in the springtime to celebrate rebirth. We do, too. Mm. It's just we don't do it with bunnies in nature. We do it about Jesus. So. But we do do it with bunnies in we nature. We do now. Yes. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so you got, we talked a little bit about Constantinople last episode, too. Istanbul? Like, yes. I was waiting. Why'd they change it? We can't say? They just like it better that way? Close enough. Wait, no. Did I get it wrong it again? Good. It was very close. Fuck. Very good. Very good. Fuck. Greg's going to divorce me. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys know this. Obviously, uh, Constantinople was founded by uh, Emperor Constantine. Right? Yeah, Keanu Reeves. Sure. We talked about this yes, last episode. That's right. That's right. Okay. And hot priests. There was yep. that in there, too. Yeah, okay. we don't need to bring that up again. <laughs> okay. So Emperor Constantine, he was emperor of the Roman Empire, okay? Yeah. Which is pretty far-reaching at this time. Roman Emperor uh, Empire was headquartered in Rome what? before Constantine. I know. It's crazy, right? 
Um, he decided that he, when he converted to Christianity, he's like, you know what? Rome's not good enough. We need like a brand new headquarters, brand new capital city. We're going to move. We're going to kick these people out of their homeland. We're going to set up Constantinople. It's going to be like a Christian empire. It's going to be great. So he ordered all of his uh, people to dismantle like actual Roman statues and uh, temples and all these buildings and structures to build the new shit that he wanted to put in Constantinople, including like statues of gods and goddesses. Oh, sure. And stuff like that. Right. But like these people are just like brand new Christians. So like imagine like you get converted with like, oh, we're not that different. And then like, actually, I need you to dismantle all of your idols. Right. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And ship them across the Mediterranean and help me build a sewer system with them. I mean, sewer systems are good. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, helpful. Indoor plumbing. Helpful. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Um, but they, they, like a really good example of like how resistant these people were to, to like Christianity at the beginning was that like one of the statues that they had to dismantle was of Medusa. You guys know the story of Medusa? Oh my God, I fucking love Medusa. Mm-hmm. I know. Fucking she, girl doing it for herself. She's amazing. You know what? Fuck these men. Yeah. She don't need them. Stone. Stone. Turn them to stone. Yeah. All of them. Stone. Yep. Yeah. Make her look in a fucking mirror. She doesn't need to look in a mirror. She knows she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yep. Snakes and shit. Fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> Snakes <laughs> are great. Medusa's a gorgon. A gorgon's like a ancient Greek and Roman term for essentially like a kind of monster, right? She had snakes in her hair, like you said. And there's like a lot of stories about her, even predating ancient Greece and Rome. She's tra- traceable back to ancient Libya. But anyways. Whoa, whoa. What? Ancient Libya? Libya. <laughs> she said. I heard it too. She said Libya. <laughs> you guys are horrible. There's what are you talking about? Labias are great. In this drink. I don't need to be drunk to talk about labias. <laughs> Aren't we still on the Isle of Lesbos? Yeah. That's true. true. All right. Sorry. Moving on. But like you said, she could turn men to stone, which I feel like there's like a boner joke in there somewhere that I don't have the wherewithal. I thought you said you had a boner joke. Yeah. No, they turn. She turned their dicks to stone. It just so happens that the rest of them turn to stone too. Right. Right. Just like men to not be able to control their emotions are their erections. Yep. Exactly. So the only way to not get turned to stone by Medusa was to not make direct eye contact with her. Or if you looked at her like upside down, somehow that would distort it. So when, um, what's his name? The dude that beheaded her. I can't think of it. Some Perseus. fucking asshole. Perseus. I knew it ended in an S because hmm. Greek names. But Perseus beheads her, right? He defeats her. And then he stores her head upside down so that he doesn't get turned to stone. Because even though she's dead, she's so smoking hot. That she can turn you to stone. And then so he just men get fucking turned on just by her head? Yeah. And then he like uses it as a weapon. He weaponizes her head. So he just like, he's fighting somebody in battle and then like. Just like a fucking man. <laughs> and then turns to stone. And then eventually Perseus gives the head to Athena, who's the uh, goddess of war and wisdom. Mm-hmm. Also badass bitch. Also badass bitch, right? And then there, uh, Athena uses it on her shields. And then um, there's actually a symbol. It's called the Gorgonian, which is like representative of Athena's shield with Medusa's head on it. And it becomes this symbol for this uh, ancient Greek cult called the Mother Goddess Cult, which sounds really badass. Yeah. I want to research that more. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can find a, a link to food in some way, <laughs> we'll do that episode. Yes. I don't fucking care. Um, so anyways. Well, kitten, you stay out of those Constan- bags. Constantinople. 
They're moving all these statues, right? They're dismantling them. They're dismantling a statue of Medusa. And they're still so superstitious. They're still like, they're holding on to their old beliefs so much that they ship her head upside down. (laughs) And then when they install it in the sewers in Constantinople, they install it like they use it as a pillar support. Upside down. Upside down. Wait, I'm so confused though. Why are they using it as a pillar support? Because they they didn't have enough stone locally to be able to build the city of Constantinople to Emperor Constantine's vision. So they had to ship all of these pieces of marble and stone. Oh, okay, okay, okay. To build up the city. Now that you say it, you did Mm. you did set that up. I did, but that's okay. Yeah. So that this that is, is like correct. this is how tightly they're holding on to their beliefs, right? Is that <laughs> that they still like even though they're they're Christians and it's a Christian empire, they still want to put Medusa's head upside down because they still have that belief that she'll turn them to stone. So Emperor Constantine sets with the city, and he he's the one that calls the Council of Nicaea too. Um. So at this point, it's like three twenty five. And it's only about 300 years after the time of Christ. And there's already a lot of drama in Christianity. And there are these two, like, factions. Sorry, I clapped. That's <laughs> fine. The microphone probably picked that up. Yeah, it's fine. You do um, you. Okay. So there's these two factions. It's, like, East and West, right? And these two factions eventually become the Roman Catholic tradition and the Eastern Orthodox tradition. Oh, which okay. makes sense why we drank a Greek drink tonight, right? Yeah. And where we're talking a little bit about Greek Easter, too. Yes. Because there is a different Greek Easter from Roman Catholic Easter. It's actually because the two churches follow completely different calendars. Like, even to this day, they're relatively divided. Even though they both technically fall under Catholicism, they both technically answer to the Pope in Rome. Even as early as 325, there is division between the East Hmm. and the West. Because they were like, someday, we're going to have awesome Easter, and you're going to have lame Easter. Yes. Yeah. I mean, look, maybe some other families have just good, like, just regular Easter. Uh, maybe. I don't know. But I don't know. These pe- This family is wild. Yeah. I know there was dancing. Yep. There were circles. There, mm-hmm. Like, circle dancing. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Amazing. All right. Continue. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. So so one of the big questions of the Council of Nicaea was when is Easter going to be? Which they couldn't even fucking decide by the end of the Council of Nicaea. Another big question was whether or not Jesus Christ is actually a god, actually divine, or just a prophet. Oh. So like they were fighting about it. Yeah, that's like a pretty big uh, kind of breakdown in the communication of what things are. Right. In 300 years. It only took 300 years for there to be that big of a question. Um, so there's this guy, Arius. He believed that Christ was just another dude and he ended up getting exiled. He lost. So the, the faction that was like, Christ is divine. Mm -hmm. They're like, they won. They kicked everybody out of the church who disagreed with them. Right. Which. Yeah. Yeah. Standard. Yeah. So we have, go ahead. You look like you're about to say something. I was just going to like add a little note that there are plenty of religious people that are opening and opening, open and accepting and lovely. Yeah. People that actually live by Christian values in the way that they accept other people Mm -hmm. and of different backgrounds and religions and all that stuff. I didn't want to throw that out there, even though I'm like the biggest like anti-religion person ever. But like. beautiful and open hearted of you, Melissa. They exist. (laughs) (laughs) I've met some of them. They're great. (laughs) But also exclusion. (laughs) <laughs> so th- 
there the Council of Nicaea is like the big one that every well not everybody I guess most people have heard about if you've heard about any Catholic council. definitely a final jeopardy question right yep um there is actually like a bunch more councils that met in Constantinople um so Emperor Constantine organized the first one 325 and then 381 there's another one and the divide just keeps growing between east and west these regional rivalries get like bigger and bigger and by 381 the Eastern people don't even, like, invite the Western, like, Roman Catholic people to the councils anymore. They're just like, we're going to unilaterally make decisions about Christianity and Catholicism. You guys talk amongst yourselves. We don't really need your right. input. We're cool. <clears throat> yeah. It's separate but equal. Yeah. yeah. And the funny thing is, is, like, nowadays, all of that stuff is just, like, the doctrine. Like, the stuff that was decided in these councils is been has been adapted by both Roman Catholic and Greek Orthodox. But at the time, it was, like, this big thing. This big divide. So the Christians are fighting about dates like Easter and how long Lent should be and all that stuff. So like all the symbolism that we know today and that we talked about in episode one, it was still up in the air. Like they had no idea what it was going to look like back then. And then, um, you know, by 381, Christianity is um, declared the official religion of the Roman Empire. Um, Before then, Emperor Constantine was just like, yeah, it's my religion. I'm going to move the capital. But like it wasn't considered a Christian nation. Sure, 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 sure. Now it is. Right. And then um, at at this point too, um, Constantinople, uh, you know, obviously you guys joke about the song or whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, the reason why it's had so many name changes too is because it's been conquered so many times. And that brings us kind of to the Middle Ages. So we're... We're only to the Middle Ages. <laughs> we were in 300s. Yeah, we were in the 300s. So oh, get yourself shit. another beverage. So oh, that's not how this works, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> it apparently is. So Emperor Constantine, he builds up this empire, you know, and what happens is like a lot of the Roman lords and ladies, like the, the Roman aristocrats, they don't want to fucking move. To Constantinople. They like Rome, okay? So when he moves the capital, even though they've converted to Christianity because they're good Roman citizens, a lot of them actually disperse all across Western Europe. And they become the lords and the ladies of England, of Germany, of France, and they are what creates serfdom later in the Middle Ages. So, yeah. Fucking Constantine. They're not slaves, but still slaves. Yeah, still slaves. Um... So, and what happens is that, like, you know, Muslims and Christians at this time, by the Middle Ages, they have, like, really good, right before the Middle Ages, they have really good relationships, actually. They, like, get along great up until about 1096. And then, in or 1092, rather. And in 1092, this guy named Malik Saw, he's this really important Muslim ruler, he dies. And when he dies, the guy that takes over and the Christian emperor start feuding over where their borders end, which sounds really similar to what's going on today. I don't I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> everything's great. Our Cheeto president is wonderful. Yes. And everything's fine. Mm-hmm. People with d- slightly darker than almond skin are totally <laughs> safe and protected. It's great. Mm-hmm. What were we talking about? Mm. So, <laughs> Emperor Alexius the First. Ooh, Alexius. I know he's ruling Ooh. Constantinople at the time, and he writes to Pope Urban the First, and he's like, "Dude, these guys are trying to steal my land." 
And just like, yo, man, these fucking guys. And like, people are just always asking me, like, what the meaning of life is and what the weather's going to be like tomorrow. I'm just like, fuck, dude, I got to go to the Sox game, man. So per- Pope Urban the first, he, he sees this letter and he's like, you know what? Like we're we're lose we're starting to lose followers. We're at this like tipping point where people don't give a shit about Christianity anymore. Same. Like, we've we've gained all this. <laughs> I've been there my entire <laughs> life. But we don't have enough followers right now. And people people who are followers like they aren't going to church regularly. They aren't paying their due. Like they aren't doing what they need to do to sustain the Catholic Church. I have an idea. I'm going to monopolize on this opportunity. To use it to invigorate or reinvigorate people's belief in faith in Ooh. Christianity and Catholicism. So instead of just sending like one battalion or like one regiment to like take care of the border disputes, he sends a whole fucking army and starts the crusades, oh. which go on for centuries. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bad time. And kill millions. Yeah. That's a, that's a real bad time. But it works. Like it works. In well, the- yeah, because they kill everybody. That's yeah. not Christian. I know. But like air quotes, it works because like it works to like get people excited about Christianity it's, again. Yeah. Well, because they're all Christians. <laughs> I'm going to kill your friends and family to remind you of my love. Mm-hmm. Like we yeah, uh, uh, I'm not going to frame this in the in uh, like it's America. I'm not I'm not going there. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to do that. It's I don't know easy. what you're talking about, Amy. Everything's great. Um, but at this time, we actually we see like a whole bunch of different stuff, right? So like the Catholic Church is invested, it like becomes a propaganda machine. They put on this huge war effort, and they're like, "We need to fight because the Muslims are desecrating the Holy Land." Ugh. Oh, I bet and there was they, a border. Yeah. I bet there was a border. They yes. should have just built a fucking wall. <laughs> are you? Would have been. Fine. And part of it, part of it too, is that remember when I was like, all the lords and ladies from like the ancient Roman Empire. Moved to Western Europe and then became the Lord's Lady. Yeah, 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 yeah. Them, right? Okay, so like all of their offspring became like knights and then the knights are just roaming the countryside and like literally raping and pillaging the serfs. Like, so they were like fucking over the peasants. So part of this too was like these young, wealthy white men need something to do so that they don't rape and murder They're people. just so bored. What's a boy boys to do? Will boys. Boys. boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. So, Like, you know, sometimes you just got to rape somebody. Yeah. So between boys will be boys and we need to get people to care about Catholicism again. That's what started the Crusades. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, So at the same time, too, like their Catholic Church is investing in arts and it's investing in science. And it's like doing this like whole like multifaceted like outreach program to get people excited again. And a lot of the traditions that we know from today, sorry, the microphone, a lot of the traditions that we know today for Easter come out of this time period. So we like last week when we talked about St. Albans buns, which became hot cross buns that came out of the 13th century. Right. It's the Middle Ages. Um, and the, um, you know, champagne came out of that same time period too. And both of them were invented by monks. So like monks were like, let's do so too in sweets and like get people to come to church. Yeah. Again. Like look at all this awesome sh- swag we have. Right. Exactly. Like, let me hand out this swag. Y'all get drunk and full, <laughs> maybe rape some people, you know, maybe not. You do you. Yeah. And then like Christianity wins. Yeah, Exactly. So, 
Easter eggs really started to. Like, oh wait, that's what we're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> and then we got there. Yes, started to <laughs> become really popular during this time for a, like a multitude of reasons. One is it just like the ingredients in hot cross buns? They're actually forbidden during Lent. Right. So, like you hard wait. boil. My brain. I thought hot cross buns were something they could have during Lent. Hot cross buns you can make on Friday, the Good Friday, which is the Friday right before Easter. So you only have to wait two days to make, to eat them. Oh, okay. So you make them during Lent, just like Easter eggs. You make them during Lent, but then you don't eat them until Easter. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So Easter eggs you make during Lent, and then you eat on Easter. So you just, like, the I love the idea of it is that, like, you, you spend all this time decorating them and making them really ornate and beautiful, and then you just stare at them <laughs> and wait. Ah. Uh, Until you can eat them. Uh, it's great. Yeah. Uh, They're so pretty. Yeah. Well, when some people make them, not when I make them. Yeah. It depends. <laughs> it depends. And there's all sorts of like modern ways to decorate Easter. Yeah. What are the too. little kits? Yeah. There's pause. a little kit. Pause. Pause. Yeah. Pause. Love pause. Love pause. Isn't Dudley? Pause is the only one I know. I think the bunny's name is Dudley. Or oh, that's I don't a fucking brand. know. I don't know. <laughs> I loved the ones with stickers or like the little like yes. wet rub on ones. Those were awesome. Ooh, yeah. I love a wet rub on. <laughs> You're welcome. So the first Easter eggs or the first eggs that were ever decorated um, in relation to Easter or Christianity came from the Mesopotamian region. Um, and they dyed them red and only red. Yes. So like when we think of Easter eggs today, we think of like rainbow colors, but they only did red and it was to represent the blood of Christ. So like... All things Catholic. Very serious and rich with symbolism. Um, and then, you know, the same thing with hot cross buns, right? We talked about how they originated in the Mediterranean and then spread to the rest of Europe. Same thing happened with Easter eggs, too. So they started in Mesopotamia. And then they actually, um, again, we have that divide in the church. So, like, the Western Roman Catholics and then the Eastern Orthodox. The Eastern Orthodox Church fucking loved Easter eggs. The red ones. The red ones. And they spread yes. them... All throughout the eastern area. So they spread throughout areas like Russia and became really, really, really popular. But decorated eggs have actually, like archaeologists have actually found them dating as far back as 60,000 years. So they way predate Christianity. So it's like one of those things where it's a pagan tradition or ritual that the Catholic Church kind of co-opted and adapted to fit their specific needs. Um, And then the... Um, like I said, they spread through re- uh, Russia and Syria. And then um, when Greek uh, culture started dyeing eggs, again, they like kept the red eggs and they started doing all these like ornate things like like weaving bread and like baking the eggs into them. And again, like you couldn't eat any of this during Lent. So you do you'd spend like all this time on ornamentation and then just watch it. <laughs> so I know this is a thing you're planning on making. Yes. So baked into the bread, do you actually put the eggs in the bread when you put it into the oven or do you put the eggs in the bread once it's been baked? You put the eggs in the bread before you put it in the oven and you dye them. The original dye recipe to use is Spanish onions as a natural dye to dye. Aren't they red? red. Spanish onions are red? So that makes makes sense. Yeah. So are they hard boiled when you put them in the bread? I bet the baking in the oven cooks Or does the, the in the oven, it makes them hard boiled. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. And then, like, Christians, they, like, early Christians, they connected the eggs to all sorts of different symbolism. So they, like, 
equated the cracking of the shell to the cracking open of Jesus's tomb. Yeah. I know. So, like, they were just like, you know what? We're going to take every little thing about Easter eggs and make it really Rebirth, Jesus-y. not good enough. Yes. Um, and then it did New really... life, not good enough. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Rising from the dead. Not good enough. Also, In not real. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And then it, none of this, like, actually caught on with Roman Catholics until 1610. Or the first, the first evidence. That's not even. You know, it's crazy to think. Oh, 1610 isn't that long ago, even <laughs> though it's like forever ago. But in like the the grand scheme of things, it's long. like barely. Yeah. yeah, it's like yesterday. Mm-hmm. Right. In in uh, Roman Catholic traditions, there's actually like a officially published Roman ritual text that like has a blessing for Easter eggs that are to be consumed on Easter, and then they have like rules of like how to make Easter eggs too. And then within the Roman Catholic tradition, it really caught on probably because of geography with Germanic traditions. Because Germans like, right, like, it's like close. Thanks for the hand motions for the audio medium, Amy. (laughs) Germany's near something. What's it near? It's it's um, closer to the Eastern Orthodox line. Okay. Okay. Sure, sure, sure. So like the Eastern Orthodox traditions would go to Germany sooner, essentially. And then obviously, like, there's pagan roots. So, like, we talked a little bit about, about you know, the earlier decorated eggs that weren't related to Christianity at all, but that were found in Africa and Mesopotamia and Egypt. and things. I think, you know, people just like to craft. Yeah. You know, we've got some crafty bitches all over True. the world and they just think, hey, look at this perfectly pristine shell that I could put shit all over. True. There's also That's my explanation of Easter eggs. There's also like a very practical reason too, which I think is probably the best because we have all this like rich symbolism and beauty, right? Like it means something. Well, it, it preserves them, right? Yeah, it preserves them. Lent is fucking 40 days. You yeah. can't make chickens stop yeah. laying eggs no. for fucking 40 days. You know. So either you waste food <laughs> or you hard boil them and decorate them and say, you know, but yeah, even a hard boiled egg. You should not be eating that 40 days Tell later. That to my grandmother. <laughs> Who you shouldn't be them? eating it. Well, Look, I, think- I make hard-boiled eggs a lot. That shit, It says like, oh, store in the refrigerator, shelled for up to a week. Well, Unshelled for up to four days. Like, I think that there's probably something with, I bet that some of the more intricate um, patterns were done with wax yes. and dye and the wax is what would probably actually preserve the egg mm-hmm. mm. yeah so early early parents you're exactly right they would be decorated with damn go you smart and dye um and then you know when romans or not when romans when germans whoever those people are when germans, <laughs> whatever they're all white people uh, uh, when germans immigrated to the united states they brought all these traditions with them so like about the same time hey kitty no no what? What's he doing? He's trying to eat my hummus. Hey! Uh, about the same time that the Roman Catholic Church was like, we're going to make this official. Germans were coming to the, you know, what would become the United States, and they were bringing all their traditions with them. And the Germans believed they had like a May, um, a May festival to celebrate spring. So like all of the pagan rituals that Easter is based off of really resonated with the Germanic people. So they brought... They're the ones that, that brought us, um, you know, like really the Easter decorating, Easter egg decorating, um, Easter egg hunts, and Easter bunnies, too. So Fucking monsters. I know. So uh, the Easter uh, bunny actually originates in German folk- folklore, 
which was an egg-laying rabbit. What is the, yeah, what is that? Are, are you about to explain why the rabbit laid eggs? No. Why did, why? <laughs> like, I first questioned this, the Cadbury, I mean, bunnies, like, egg commercials where they had a rabbit. But, like, why did, why does he like, bunnies don't lay eggs. Yeah, my guess is. Bunnies are mammals. My, my guess is that, like, because bunnies are a symbol of fertility, because they. Yeah, like, they fuck all like the time um, and then eggs are a symbol of fertility too so it made sense to ancient German people to combine them and then also like the folklore is that this bunnies are way cuter than chickens well, I mean, obviously. Egg- chickens are fucking cute though mm, bunnies are they're cuter. cute and they have personalities get with it I think it probably came too from finding <laughs> eggs like in meadows and stuff from like wild birds because like mm. this so this- they thought bunnies I think shit them out. Yeah, because like the the mythology says that the like Easter bunny would lay eggs in meadows, and that's where Easter egg hunts originates from. Is children finding eggs Whoa. in meadows, in fields and stuff. They would also scoop up the field mice and bop them on the head. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> if they were actually just dandelions. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the rabbit stems from um, Ostera, which is the spring equinox. What, which, from what? Ostera. Oh, I thought you said Ostero, like one Lucille Ostero. No. Lucille Ostera. two, chicken dance, <laughs> which is Lucille one. But, you know, I'm making connections where there aren't any. Go see That's a Star okay. War. Huh? Go see a Star War. A cooler doodle doo. A cooler doodle doo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's Continue. Fine. What? Astera. Um, by the 1700s, too, there was like a whole bunch of other traditions. So the Germans who moved to Pennsylvania, they were the ones that brought the Easter egg hunt, Easter egg decorating. They're all Germans the ones seem great. It's you know, except for that one, except for that one blemish. Yes. You know that one, <laughs> that one little hit. Yeah. yeah, it's just you know, mm. millions I mean, of people there dead. Were it's two fine. World wars. So let's say two blemishes. <laughs> Yeah, okay. So two, you know what, who <laughs> Who's counting? among us has not had a blemish or two. <laughs> They're responsible in Pennsylvania, not in Nazi Germany, <laughs> for creating the first Easter egg dye. So are these like the kind of like, um, don't the Germans, in, don't they turn into the like Amish? It's not Amish in Pennsylvania, is it? It's, um, I think it is Amish. Is it Amish? Which is the other one? What's the other group? It's they're like Amish, but they're not Amish. The sh- uh, Shakers. Oh, the Shakers. Shakers are in New Hampshire. I don't know what I'm, I'm talking about, guys. <laughs> I live in New Hampshire. It's my world. Okay. Continue. <laughs> That's fine. So uh, at this time, you know, by the time the 1800s rolls around, we have commercially available Easter egg dyes that you can go to the general store and buy. We have. Uh, we have. Uh, even like faux Easter eggs that you can buy, like made out of wood, so you don't have to decorate. Because at this time, like people aren't so decorative. Yeah, you're not eating them after. Right. Exactly. So like at this point, like the idea of eating Easter eggs is like fallen out of favor. They're well, because really you don't leave eggs for forty days and then eat them. We know that now thanks to science. Science. <laughs> <laughs> Did you happen to research that? I'd be interested. And what could happen if you ate an egg that was 40 days old? I mean, people did it, but then they also died by the age of 35. Right. So, so like, who can tell why? Yeah. And uh, they have those, like, thousand-year-old eggs that, are, I mean, aren't actually a thousand-year-old eggs, but they're, like... Yeah. And people eat those. 
Yeah. God, people are fucking weird. Yeah. All right. So, last little tidbit. Ooh. President Hayes, he takes office in 1877, and Easter eggs are a complete industry by this point, um, with commercial dyes, faux wooden eggs, like I said. And then Hayes is the first president to host an Easter egg roll at the White House. Oh. Um, and then the egg roll is probably, like, the thing that Hayes is least known for, because <laughs> he took <laughs> office, like, right after the Civil War. Um, but it's one of many efforts he made to unify the North and South after the official end of the Reconstruction. Yeah, that era. was a task. Yeah. Oof. So it was like, like the Easter egg roll was like one of many events that he hosted to be like Northerners, Southerners, as long as your skin is white, because we're still racist, because it's eighteen seventy seven. Uh, come to the White House and have a good old time with us. So the Easter egg roll became famous at that point, and then every year since, the White House has hosted one. So. Very cool. Even yeah. recently? Yes. Because I know our uh, wonderful, all-knowing leader likes to balk at tradition. So. Yeah. I have um, I have good friends that are a military family um, who attend it every year. Oh. So, yeah. Very cool. So, can we go back for a minute? Yes. To your grandmother? <laughs> so, you say say that to my grandma. So, I, I can't remember if I asked this because I'm drunk. Because I did that whole shot and then drank this whole drink. Mm-hmm. Um, so did she actually like make them and then wait 40 days to eat them? She was a bad Catholic, so she never waited till the end of Lent to <gasps> eat them. But, but still like a month or something. Yeah, like she, we would have, like we would decorate Easter eggs like uh, like like two or three weeks before Easter. And then she'd come over our parents' house for Easter dinner. And then she, like I would find her peeling the eggs to eat them like after dinner because she'd be hungry but, but my grandmother's also the kind of person that will have like have slim fast and brandy as like a cocktail <laughs> she's a very special kind of lady whom i love dearly. look all old people are fucking special like they're all fucking weirdos and we love them mm-hmm. yes. like and once you get that old you can just do whatever the fuck you yeah, want for man sure. for sure but so like but it's still not like so it's still, I mean, who's waiting to eat eggs? Like once you get to like if two weeks, you right? You get to two weeks and then are you like, oh man, oh man, I can't wait. I can't wait to crack into these fucking Easter eggs that have been sitting out for two weeks. I think if you're fasting, then yeah. But you get to eat at night when you're fasting. Was but that what the thing eat, was? But there's certain forbidden foods that you can't have at all like during eggs. the Lent period. Yeah, during Lenten season, so very cool yeah all right your grandmother's a weird lady and i adore her so yeah. i remember with my grandmother we used to blow eggs which mm. uh, um yes i didn't even talk about that that's like what? a whole thing yeah that you can do. so what you do is you basically poke a hole in the end of in one end mm-hmm. and then you put like sort of poke a larger hole in the other end and you blow into the egg to get all the insides out. Yeah. And then you decorate this. So that way egg. you can keep that. Like, so you keep it forever. We never. never did that. Yeah. So you end up with like a bowl. How of are like both s- of you? You're weird scrambled so, eggs. So yeah. I'm the middle child in this arrangement. Mm, yes. So Amy's younger than me and Kate mm-hmm. is older than me. But both of them seem to have this experience and I didn't. Well, and this was that. Are you raised Catholic? Do you have any Catholic family? Okay. So it's a little weird. <laughs> so we weren't Catholic. So I'm not sure what it was early on, mm-hmm. but I believe that my grandparents were 
I could be completely fucking this up. I believe they were Protestant, but I'm not sure because they raised their family in South Boston, Mm. which is very like Catholic, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but there's also a lot of Protestant. But when my grandmother and my grandfather got divorced, Mm -hmm. oh, they were not Catholic. Um, my grandmother got with, and I don't remember if they were married or not because I was very young. My grandmother passed away when I was five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my memories of this are, are really, but she married, I think she married my Pepe, who is French and Catholic. Mm-hmm. And I remember my mom complaining that they had to go to Catholic mass because of Pepe. Mm. But then they weren't. Catholic mass is an ordeal. But then when, <laughs> like when my grandmother passed away, they weren't together. Yeah. I don't, and I don't know if he died. Guys, Melissa's mom, <laughs> fill us in. Um, all I know is he killed my mom's fish. Oh, Jesus. Poor fishy. Yeah, he was real dumb. Mm. He cleaned the tank. He was cleaning the tank, but he didn't take the fish out first. What? Uh, yeah. The smile just seems- evaporated. Yeah, it was like face. a fancy saltwater. My mom had like saved up oh. to like house these fancy saltwater fish, and he decided to clean the tank and put oh. like. I could bleach. be getting this completely <laughs> wrong. I know they died, oh. but put, yeah, put bleach in the <sighs> tank with the fish in the tank and they all died. That seems. He also oh. put birdseed out with the same scoop that they use for lye. Oh. Yeah. And I don't think it was so malicious. I think it was, I think it was just like dumb. Dumb, dumb. But just all dumb, I remember dumb. about him is sleeping on his giant beer gut. Okay. Which is a happy memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A good memory. comfortable. And my step uncle, I had a step uncle, so I don't know how long they were married. This is a real, real weird thing with my family, guys. I have no idea. Well, so, but suffice to say, we were Protestant, then Catholic, then kind of Protestant, but also not really. And then my mom is a witch. So, all good things. There's all, that. And I was real, I was real into Wicca when I was in high school. Yeah. Yes. I went through that Wicca phase. Well, yes. so the the blow the blown eggs grandmother um, was the side of my family that is like certainly more about uh, nature and the you know mother nature and the great spirit and all that, and way less about not at all about Catholicism or anything like that. So. When you were saying, like, um, you know, everybody just likes crafts. I really think that that's what it was. Um, And, yeah, and we would just, and, man, like, you never, ever felt your cheeks before if you um, try to blow the insides out of an egg. I tried and gave up. Yeah. Is this something you tried to do with your kids? Yes. Because they got some lungs on them. Yeah. They could probably do it. Like the perfect Pinterest mom. Yeah. Well, that that's just a silly expectation. Yeah. And just make sure your kids are having fun and you're doing fun things. And if it doesn't work, the art projects, your kids are having fun. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That that painting, that painting of Fidel Castro. (laughs) (laughs) My heart. All right. I want that and I want to frame it. Oh, it's beautiful. I know a framer. (laughs) <laughs> we'll talk <laughs> do you do you know a framer do people still frame things mm. oh wait we Actually, both I don't know we both know a framer yeah we know a framer we come from the frame world ladies and gentlemen <laughs> except for me yeah except for Amy she comes from the record store world yeah where all the cool hipsters live I was gonna say on the scale of one to not cool 
record store is much cooler than Framer. You know what, though? I had way more fun working at the framing place mm. than working at the record store. You met some good people there. Yeah. Although you met good people at the I did, record store, too. But only one person from the record store <laughs> that I still <laughs> engage with and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I met my husband and one of my best friends and one of my other best friends and co-workers at the frame place. Mm. So, you know. Anyways... This went off on Memory a tangent. <laughs> so, Cut it in post. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a fucking thing. You guys think I'm capable of way more than I am. Let you me tell you. So I am just faith in you. I am just fucking struggling through every week, guys. <laughs> it's something. Um, so I guess that's our episode. That okay. was amazing. Yeah. That was awesome. Like I cannot believe that there were sixty thousand year old. Yeah decorated eggs that's pretty crazy yeah that's real we cool. need to go to some fucking museums or something yeah yes. i don't yeah. know see some old shit yes but anyways thanks for listening if you did and uh making <laughs> it all the way through this podcast um please make sure that you subscribe we're available on podbean google uh and then spotify and someday itunes <laughs> and pocket casts um <laughs> Also, I want to thank all of our significant others for supporting us on this endeavor. I mean, I assume Hi. all our significant others are supporting us on this endeavor. Um, sort of. Oh, no. Okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's something to unpack after we stop recording. <laughs> um, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Drunk Dish Pod. You can also follow us on Instagram at Drunk Dish. And... We're on Facebook at Drunk Dish Podcast. Oh, uh, oh, 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 oh. Check out our website. Oh, shit. Yeah. What's that address for our blog? Which is drunkdish.com. Uh, and then we have awesome blog posts related to each episode. And then also, too, you'll get to see my attempts at making the dishes that I research. Yes. So, yeah, go over to the website. Um, we will post the recipe for the cocktail that we made tonight. We'll also post. Highly recommended. Yes. We'll also post the recipe Very for the drunk. bruschetta <laughs> that Kate was lovely. It's it's bruschetta like you've never even seen or known before. It's so fucking good. It has no relation to this episode, but. I just wanted her to make it, so I asked her to because it's my favorite thing, and that recipe will be up. And then, of course, it has goat cheese. That's close. Yes, right? yeah, <laughs> and tomatoes yeah. and stuff. It's uh, and then Amy will be posting about it has um, olive oil. It's fine. Hot cross buns and that weird egg bread and all of that stuff. So, thank you, and I hope that you will join us again. Bye. 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 Bye.